When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello again, everybody. I'm Ed Kratz, along with John McMullen here. We're your hosts of the Philadelphia Eagles Insider Podcast with the Fans First Sports Network. Uh, it is Labor Day weekend, so there's not a whole lot going on uh, with the Eagles, at least that we are privy to. We have not had access to the Eagles since Thursday, I believe it was, and we will see them again on Tuesday. Um, so, you know, we are going to discuss here today uh, some of our concerns heading into the season. As we all know, it lifts off in, uh, you know, a week uh, up in New England against the New England Patriots and Foxborough. Uh, it's a 425 kickoff, but then we'll talk more about that game as, as the week goes on here. But right now, let's let's dive into some concerns here as the as the season begins to uh, take shape. Uh, John wrote a great story for uh, SI.com uh, backslash NFL backslash Eagles if you want to check it out. Uh, and John, uh, take it away there. What What is your number one concern? And, I, and I'll react to it. Um, you know, I, I didn't really put them in order, but my, my number one, I put on that side was the new coordinators. You know, I think a lot of people have, uh, sort of moved past that, uh, for different reasons. One, uh, Hey, a lot of Eagles fans don't like Jonathan Gannon. Uh, some stuff came out in Arizona where he looked kind of goofy and everybody's piling on. And then from Shane Steichen's standpoint, well, like guy. Uh, but you know, I think everybody thinks there's not going to be a hiccup moving. History tells us that's not the case. And, um, whether it was Andy Reid who had that great coaching stamp in 1999 as he started to suffer attrition, you saw it wasn't quite as good. Doug Peterson with Frank Reich and John D. Filippo, uh, it wasn't as good. Um, and that tends to be what happens. I mean. Nick Sirianni chose those guys, uh, Jonathan Gannon, Shane Steichen, for a reason. Um, if he didn't trust them, it would have been somebody else. Maybe it would have been Brian Johnson and Sean Desai. But I compare it to a Xerox copy, right? It, it might be that that first one might be sharp, but it's not quite as sharp <laughs> as as what was there before. And then you have. Um, the expectations, particularly for, for Sean. I, I do think the Eagles have so much talent on the offensive side of the football. It's going to be good. It's just a matter of how good. Defensively, though, five starters, 
three coaches, and, and not only Jonathan Gannon, but also Denard Wilson and Nick Rollis. Um, just a lot of changeover. And I was looking it up because, to me, the disconnect is so great. The last time the Eagles had a defense as good as they had last year, uh, uh, at 1991. Hmm. So the assumption it's going to be they were number one in the NFL in 1991. They've never been number two since then, and that's what they were last year. Plus, you talk about the 70 sacks. That's never happened in team, even with Reggie White and Clyde Simmons and Jerome Brown. That's a big number. And for whatever reason, because they think the D.C. was kind of a goofball, and maybe he is, it, it was a good defense, and it's going to be hard to replicate with five new starters. Yeah, and and like you mentioned, I mean, you know, that was Gannon's second year with this defense, and it returned pretty much intact from his first year to the second year. You know, they added Kaiser White, a linebacker, in free agency heading into last year. Um, and decides in a tougher spot now because like you said there's five new starters that you're going to have to figure out and you know who are your safeties after Reed Blankenship I mean you know that's another issue we still don't know we don't even know if they know who is going to start opposite Reed Blankenship so to me Desai is there's more of an emphasis on Desai as far as him taking over because I think the offense we know so much more about this offense obviously than we do the defense you know, we know they have the 2,000-yard receivers, a Pro Bowl caliber tight end, an MVP runner-up at quarterback, a lot of knowns. But defense is what we don't know, and that you know that puts Desai kind of more under the microscope to me than Brian Johnson. I think Brian Johnson will be fine calling plays. It might be kind of a you know little process. Uh, you know, Steichen talked about so many times about having a good feel for calling the game, and he would go back to a play if it worked. Some coordinators are a little hesitant to do that, but his motto was, let's just do it until they stop it. So, you know, he had a good feel for it, and it might take Johnson a little time, but he's got the pieces in place. Desai, I'm not sure he has the pieces in place. He's counting on a lot of youth, um, you know, at linebacker with N'Kobe Dean, at safety with Reed Blankenship, um, you know, Jalen Carter, Jordan Davis, Milton Williams is still a young player on that defensive line. So certainly more questions for decide to come up with answers than I think Johnson. So that, that, that is yeah. absolutely and, a concern. I would add Hassan Reddick because Hassan Reddick was the key. You talk about yes. year one versus year two. Um, the Eagles were the 10th ranked defense in, in year one of Jonathan Gannon, which was kind of an overachieving. Uh, if you think about Jannard Avery being in that Hassan Reddick role, yeah, that's kind of an overachieving. I think that's what you're hoping for with Sean Desai. If you can get to number ten, I think that's a successful season. But you know, Eagles fans expect a return trip to the Super Bowl. I mean, that's the expect. That's the bar. This is Super Bowl or bust. Um, and I don't know if that's fair because remember that first year with both Shane and Jonathan Gannon. Again, the Eagles overachieved, but they they made the playoffs. Nobody expected them to make the playoffs, but they were one and done. They got routed by Tampa Bay. If that happens this year, a similar type scenario, it's a failure. It's not a success, and that to me is a concern as well. 
Yeah, my favorite quote of the summer was from Jason Kelsey when he said that no team is good enough to win the Super Bowl right now. And that kind of hits you right in the face. Is like, yeah, you can't look ahead to February if you're no. a player, especially, but even a fan. I mean, you have to take this journey. And he said, nobody's good enough to win the Super Bowl right now. It's a, it's a process. We have to build every single day. And he's right. And we'll see if that construction happens. Um it's a lot. I mean, yet there's no question they're very talented, especially on offense, defense. That you know, there's some questions, but uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, that's the expectation, uh, fair or or not. Uh, that's what fans expect, but you you have to kind of be along for the journey too. Um, all right. So what's what's your second what, what's your second thing there? You got John as far as it concerns. Well, my second one's the obvious nature of the schedule. The schedule looks much more difficult on paper this season than it did last season. You have that murderer's row sort of uh, uh, midway to the second half of the season. Kansas City, Buffalo um, being the two most notable, uh, very good teams on the schedule. Last year, you got a lot of breaks. I mean, people bring up the Eagles didn't face a lot of great quarterbacks. Well, you know, depends on your definition of great, but there's more great quarterbacks on this schedule. Um, so it, it becomes more difficult. And I think, again, if you look at the Super Bowl, what defined the Eagles in, in, in both sort of recent runs to the Super Bowl, getting the number one seed, making sure the path went right behind you, Ed, Lincoln Financial Field. If all of a sudden that number one seed turns into a number two or a number three, it's much more difficult. You got to go on the road at some point, most likely, and it becomes more difficult. So the schedule alone, just on paper, shapes up as much more, more difficult. Yeah, well, you know, that that comes with winning the NFC East as you get the harder schedule, and they are playing the AFC East this year, which to me is, you know. Very good division. Very good division, yeah. You know, you're playing Josh Allen for the Bills. You're playing Aaron Rodgers with the Jets, Tua Tungavailoa with the Dolphins, uh, you know, and then Mac Jones with New England, uh, who they open with. But, uh, yeah, it's a tough division. So, you know, the schedule is tougher. There's no no doubt about it. Um but that's to be expected. Um, they won 14 regular season games last year. That's a franchise record. Never happened before. Um, will they win 14 this year? I don't think so. But I still think they could hit, to, you know, get 11, maybe 12, probably 11-ish, um, and, and repeat as the division champs. Um, but it, it's there's no doubt that the way this schedule shapes up early on, uh, you know, you have the Patriots, and then four days later you host the Vikings, and then – 10 days off, you go to Tampa on a Monday night, and then you come home to face Washington. I mean, those are those are games that, you know, you should go 3-1 and one in, I would guess, and and maybe 4-0. and oh. But, you know, the Eagles got off to an 8-0 start last year. I don't think that's going to happen this year. I think there's a loss in these first uh, four games somewhere along the line. I think that opener against the Pats is going to be tough. And yeah. the Vikings are coming in here after being stung in prime time last year. I think it was 24 to eight. The, the Eagles, you know, really dominated them. Yeah. Justin Jefferson did nothing. So they're coming in here with a little bit more motivation based on that game last year. So, you know, what looks kind of easy, I think there's a loss in there somewhere. And I, I think you're right. Obviously, the schedule is tougher overall. Yeah. I, I, and, uh, you know, the first two weeks specifically, what I'm interested in, and I think this is good for the Eagles, is that. Um, you know, they're they're more talented than New England in Minnesota, so maybe they can afford to have some mistakes. But the coaching, 
you know, last year you mentioned that game last year with with the Vikings. You know, it's Ed Donatel versus Brian Flores. Now, I think Brian Flores is one of the best defensive minds in this league. So it's going to be a better test for the Eagles because he's going to come up with something. He's going to spend – he spent all offseason looking, all right, what did the Eagles do well? And he's going to throw some curveballs at him offensively. So we talked about how talented the Eagles are offensively. Well, week one, he got the best, Bill Belichick. So Mm -hmm. I think two of the top five defensive minds in football, the Eagles are going to face over a a four-day span, four or five-day span. I think that's a great test because – it's a copycat league, but I always say it's a slow-moving copycat league. You get to the offseason, and people delve into the film, and I say, Jalen did this well. The Eagles did this well. We're going to try this. And I think those two guys, Bill Belichick and Brian Flores, are two of the best when it comes to adjustments. Yeah, and you could even maybe put Ron Rivera in there, the Washington head coach. I mean, he's a very good defensive mind as well. Um, so, and they have a new offensive coordinator with Eric Bieniemy coming over from Kansas City and Washington. So, uh, you know, I think we should pump the brakes that this first four or five games should be layups for the Eagles. It's not. It's not going to be the, the case. They're they're going to be good tests. Uh, all right. So, third item there. What do you have as concerning to you? Well, third, I went to the personnel aspect of it because everybody, as talented as the Eagles are, um, everybody's got personnel deficiencies in this league, and and the Eagles are are no different. They just have a little bit less than others. And I and and I mentioned the uncertainty at, at some positions because you know coaches are never going to dismiss any of their players, whether it's the first guy on the roster down to the fifty third. So. You know, running back, all-ball linebacker, safety, we've talked about it all offseason. Can Kenny Gainwell, Nicobe Dean, Reed Blankenship, can they servicely replace Miles Sanders, T.J. Edwards, C.J. Gardner-Johnson, players like that? And then you have the role players, whether it's DeAndre Swift or Rashad Penny, Zach Cunningham at linebacker, Terrell Edmonds or Justin Evans or Sidney Brown at safety. Um I got a lot of questions there, and I don't like uncertainty. If you're uncertain going into a game, I don't think that's a good thing. And we don't know, Ed. We don't know who the safety is going to be next to Reed Blankenship. We don't know who's going to be the so-called lead back or who's going to touch the football more. That's not a good thing. I don't think it is. I I agree. And then, you know, you're talking personnel. You could flip that over to the special teams also is – you know who's going to punt? I mean, Aaron Sipas is on the on the fifty, or I'm sorry, on the practice squad. Um, you know, he's also the holder for Jake Elliott. Um, the thought is that they're just going to elevate him from the practice squad. Um, but they did go through some tryouts. They brought in a couple guys. Will they sign one this week once they return to the facility? I got a hunch. You know, I got a hunch. I, I know you got a hunch. Uh, go ahead and tell us what that hunch is. I, 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 Pat and why? Pat O'Donnell was one of the punters, veteran guys, been around for a while. Um, couple, So a couple reasons. Longtime Chicago punter, punter in Green Bay. He's a veteran. You and I have talked about the holding aspect. He, he can hold the football. I think he can make Jake Elliott comfortable. 
And when I reported that he he was in for a visit, his wife followed me. So I think there's there's an interesting aspect. And I'm like, well, if he's not going to be here, why is he following me? So I'm thinking <laughs> maybe the Eagles make that move after they get back from uh, Labor Day. Yeah, well, you know, maybe she remembers you from your time when you covered the Minnesota Vikings in that division. You know, maybe uh, maybe that's why she followed you. But that predates. That predates. Oh, that predates. Well, that's a good hunch, you know. Yeah. Uh, man, that would be really surprising if the Eagles just bring in a new holder, you know, on Tuesday and say, here you go, Jake. And maybe they're working on it this weekend. Maybe they, you know, I don't know if that's legal. You know, you can't bring a guy in unless you add him to something. Um, so well, a lot of people, because you and I, you know, uh, uh, we mentioned, and it was a good hole, by the way, from Ty Zettner in Baltimore. And Jake Elliott missed, I, I believe it was a 46-yarder. Correct. And, you know, kickers are strange creatures and they get it in their head. I like this guy. But Jake did do well when Brett Kern was here. He didn't have any real issues. And Brett was around for 17 years, I believe. So he had done it for even longer. Pat O'Donnell's been around for eight, nine years somewhere. Like he's been doing it a long time. He's not a young guy. So I think it's a little bit different. Um he probably won't be as comfortable, but I think they'll be more competent. And this is the Super Bowl team. I'm I'm a Super Bowl level roster. I shouldn't say Super Bowl team. It, it's a legitimate Super Bowl contender. I want a veteran guy. I don't want a young guy who's going to make mistakes. I want a veteran guy you can count on. And that's what O'Donnell is. Yeah, uh, interesting to see. I mean, we could get the announcement as soon as Monday, Labor Day Monday or Tuesday, that O'Donnell's going to be the kicker. But they also have the punt returner, right? We're talking about personnel and some of the concerns, and certainly uh, punt returner is one of them uh, with who's going to do it, Britton Covey or, or uh, Alameda Zacchaeus, who's been doing it. Uh, the Eagles may decide they need to elevate somebody else. They're only allowed two practice squad elevations. If Sipos will be the punter, do you elevate Covey too, or do they go with another position? Maybe a linebacker. They only have three linebackers. Um, maybe Ben Van Sumeren is the guy because he can play yeah. special teams. Well, that's what I'm. I'm more concerned about the coverage aspect yeah. because they've lost all their really good coverage players, whether it's to injury um, with Zach McPherson, Sean Bradley, or they just cut certain guys like Kayvon Wallace. Um, you mentioned Ben Van Sumer and, and of the young players, the two that stood out to me on special teams were Van Sumerin and Makai Garner, and they both got waived and they're on the practice squad. So you can elevate them. Mm -hmm. But remember, as you mentioned, you can only elevate two guys. Mm -hmm. So it's got to be Calais Ringo. It's got to be Eli Ricks. It's got to be Mario Goodrich. And Josh I don't know about you. Josh I yeah, Josh Job was good. Job was a good special teams player. So he's already there, and so is Christian Ellis. But right. when when you talk about those three guys specifically, um, um, the the young corners, Ringo, Ricks, Goodrich, they didn't really flash to me on special teams. Uh, uh, Ringo a little bit in practice, and maybe they're hoping. Uh, but as Howie Roseman said, and I wrote, hope is not a strategy. Um, <laughs> And they weren't great on special teams last year, and they looked worse on paper, to be honest. 
Yeah, all part of the personnel concern, definitely legitimate. You know, we, we talked about the defense, you know, or Nicobe and and Kenny Gainwell and, and uh, Reed Blankenship. Are they up to the task of replacing guys that were established? And, you know, jury's out on that. I'm not convinced yet. I'm uncertain about it, as you are. Uh, but anyway, so we'll we'll go to the fourth item here as far as uh, concerns heading into the season opener in New England uh, on September 10th. What else? Well, uh, th- this one's an obvious for any good team, and that's you know the right injury, so called at the wrong spot, um, can you know make you play. I I always point to AJ Brown last year as the final piece of the puzzle on the offense. They were a good offense in 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 year one of Nick Sirianni. But AJ came in and everything kind of fell into place. Well, you can imagine if if AJ Brown is injured or uh, Devontae Smith is injured at wide receiver or one of the offensive linemen is injured. We've seen in the past what happens to this team when Lane Johnson can't play. It's it's amazing the difference. Uh, and of course the quarterback. So and any team that suffers the loss of a superstar quarterback is in trouble. So it's obvious, but I bring it up because this team was incredibly healthy last year. I mean, you go to the Super Bowl, they had all their starters, basically, um, and it was healthy. And it was a healthy team that rarely happens. Can you expect that to duplicate itself? Um, And even, you know, there's certain guys, Dallas missed five games, Jordan Davis missed four games, uh, but these weren't serious uh, uh, season-defining issues um you know tj edwards we we talked about kaiser white they played 20 games ed 20 mm-hmm. games through the super bowl uh okay. james bradbury darius slay 20 games through the super bowl Vontae maddox is another guy i should have mentioned that missed a number of games but when you compare that to other teams incredibly healthy yeah is that gonna happen again i don't like the odds of that i'm a betting man yeah, I mean, look, we saw them lose six players in the second preseason game against the Browns. Now, fortunately, you know, we, Nolan Smith is still seems to be a little banged up, although he returned to practice, uh, you know, the last two days. We laid eyes on the Eagles, so maybe he's on track to play. But they they lost six players, including Zach McPherson, the, you know, a very good special teams player, uh, very good backup slot player was developing nicely behind Maddox. You could use him on the outside in a pinch, but that was a key injury uh, against the Browns. So you lose six guys in that game with you know variety of injuries. So that yeah, that right there shows you that injuries can happen at any time, no matter how you approach the offseason. We all know the Eagles' offseason approach and camp approach is kind of hands off, take care of each other, don't get anybody hurt. Uh, and they've been fortunate, but you know, you can't legislate against injuries. And no, you know, the Eagles did another a good job with that last year, not getting hurt. But you know, you mentioned you didn't mention, I should say, Derek Barnett. They lost him in the in the season yeah, week one, yeah, with a torn ACL. And you know, Howie alluded to the fact when they decided to keep him on the fifty three man roster uh, when they made their cuts last week and not trade him. He had explored trade possibilities, but they kind of struggled when they lost him. They, you know, it was a a situation where they tried to replace that depth on the edge and ended up settling at some point for Robert Quinn. And then it cost them a fourth round pick didn't work out. So, uh, you know, that in itself was a, was a, was a, you know, they overcame it. Well, let's face it. They had 70 sacks. They didn't seem to need him, but you know, that kind of depth is important to have. Um, And Barnett will be back again to, 
you know, provide that depth if he can, and it, it may be needed. We'll see if Nolan Smith plays. I'm not so sure. Um, uh, yeah, I'm a little concerned. And you know, Reddick is a guy we met. I mean, yeah, he, the he was the best defensive player, and he's going to be playing with a surgically repaired uh, right thumb. And yeah. he acknowledged that he's got to play with some protection. And how does that affect him? Because handwork is a big deal when it comes to pass rushers. If you can't grab, if you can't do certain things, right? Um, you see the same players. So, yeah, yeah I mean, uh, uh, Nolan Smith, to me, you know, guys like Derek Barnett last year, and Derek Barnett gets too much crap. He's a good football player. But um, he was the scheduled to be the fourth man in rotation. You can overcome stuff like that. But you can't overcome a loss of Reddick or Brown or or Johnson or Kelsey. Oh, Josh Sweat. Don't forget Josh Sweat. Josh I mean, Sweat. And obviously Jalen Hurts, most yes. notably. Right. But those are the kind of guys I'm talking about. One injury can be season sort of altering. You mm-hmm. got to play a different way. The Eagles got a little bit of it with Goddard. They had to play a different way for about a month, but it was only a month, and they certainly played well and they persevered. If you got to play a whole season without one of those types of players, it can it can make things more difficult. Absolutely right. Uh, all right, where are we? Number five here. What's uh, what number five? And 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 number five is the Super Bowl hangover stuff, which is real. It's real. Hindsight tells us it's real. You know, the NFL, whatever you want to call it, it's a grind. I think it's more human nature than it is a hangover. And the fact that you you go through this this grind, you, you go through these 20 weeks, you're right there. You think you're the better team. I thought the Eagles were the better team. I thought they were in a position to win the game. They dominated the first half. They lose the game. Number of reasons. Whoever you want to blame, scapegoat fans want to blame Jonathan Gannon. You can blame the the punt from Aaron Sidpos. You can blame the officials. You can blame the field. Whatever makes you happy. But the Eagles were right there, and they didn't get it done, and they were disappointed. I, I you know, how we looked depressed because I think he knew what an opportunity it was, um, and to just shake that off and say, eh, no worries, and get right back. Teams that lose the Super Bowl, I think three, uh, I, I don't have it in front of me. There haven't been many that get back uh, to win it, certainly. Right. So mm-hmm. uh, history says it's a really, really difficult thing to do. I think Jalen Hurts is, and I'm going to be writing about this next week on SI.com, he's uniquely sort of uh, – um, structured to handle these things, but that doesn't mean everybody else is. And I think human nature is real when it comes to a, a Super Bowl hangover. No question. Your your math was right. There have only been three teams that have lost the Super Bowl one year and returned the next year to win it. And one of those was the New England Patriots. That's the most recent example. In 2018, they had lost to the Eagles the year before in the Super Bowl. They came back and won it. I think they beat the Falcons that year. Um, and I think then that was yeah. the Rams year. The oh, the Rams. Okay, Rams. yeah, like that really boring thirteen three. Yeah, really, yeah, yeah. And then the other two teams were all the way back in the seventies. Uh, you know, it was the Miami Dolphins won the seventy two Super Bowl. They were one. They had lost the year before to the Cowboys, 
And the Cowboys had lost the year before that. So the Cowboys in 71 and the Dolphins in 72 are the only teams that lost the Super Bowl the year before uh, and came back to win it. So, yeah, that's a huge trend. You almost have to throw out the Brady Patriots because they're such outliers. They were always there. I mean, they're they're such outliers that so you, then you if you throw them out, you got to go back to the 70s. As you said, it's not easy. It is not easy to come back from that. No, it absolutely is not. You know, maybe something working in their favor is Jalen Hurts. You know, you're you're going to write about him, and you know it's a good piece. I did get a chance to look at it and make sure you check that out uh, when you can. It'll probably run Tuesday, um, but that's a big uh, factor to have in your favor. I mean, this guy Hurts is just you know he just wants to be great. He's he's hungry and he means he's hungry. Uh, so we'll see. But now defensive coordinators have had a, another year to look at Hurts and look at this offense and see how they can kind of slow it down a little bit. Uh, and we'll see how the Eagles, uh, you know, counter what defenses are going to do to them this year. Um, but it's it's tough. I know everybody's expecting a Super Bowl, probably already looking into their trip to Las Vegas uh, in February. Uh, but it's not going to be easy. There's a reason only three teams have done it. Uh, and, and, you know, we'll see if the Eagles can overcome it. Um, but it all starts in New England next week. Uh, John, what's a quick analysis you have on on this game coming up? And, we'll, like I said, we'll dive into it more as the week goes on. But real quick, what, what do you, what do you, how do you see this game shaking out? I, I think it's going to be similar to last year's game at, at Detroit. I think a lot of people looked at that and said, well, the Eagles are going to win that pretty easily, um, and it was much more difficult. I, anytime you're you're at a team's home opener, it's more difficult. Uh, you add in, it's going to be Tom Brady Day. Tom's going to be back. People mm-hmm. are going to be fired up. Um, I think the first seven, eight minutes of the game, you're going to have to take that so-called punch in the jaw and sort of um, you know, persevere from there. But the Eagles are the better team, and that's I think they're going to be able to out-talent teams, and I think it's going to be similar to Detroit. They'll find a way to win, but it'll be much more difficult than most fans expect. Um, and then they're off and running, and, and four days later, they probably beat Minnesota as well. But what I love about these opening two games is that, as I mentioned, the defensive minds, they're going to test the Eagles. Those, those two, I think that's a great test for the Eagles for, for two reasons. One, those guys, but they're better, they're better than those teams. So, uh, they can make some mistakes and probably, as I said, persevere and win football games, but you're going to learn how teams are going to play you. And I think that helps down the road when you're playing Aaron Rodgers and Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen, et cetera. Yeah, and Dak Prescott's a pretty good quarterback too. Um, yeah, I listen, Mike. Some concerns I have about the Pats, real quick, is they have a new offensive coordinator, Bill O'Brien, former head coach in this league, coached at Penn State. He's got Mac Jones as his quarterback. Mac Jones isn't looking over his shoulder now. Last year it was the summer of Bailey Zappi, and you know he might have been a little concerned Zappi was going to take his job, and I think he did eventually as the season went on. Now this is Mac Jones's job, win or lose. And they have Ezekiel Elliott, who you know say what you want, not having as much left in his tank. He still kills the Eagles. He always seems to have a big game against him. So those are some of my early concerns here. Uh, you know, week before kickoff and like i said we'll get into more of it by the way we should match mention matt patricia real quick that should yeah. help the eagles a little bit uh, Maybe. against new england 
yeah. because nobody knows Bill Belichick better. Uh, but, you know, maybe he's a double agent. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? We haven't talked to Matt Patricia since he signed yeah. on the dotted line here. You know, he could be here not just for New England, but the entire AFC East. I mean, he's got a lot of familiarity yeah. with the Dolphins, Jets, and and uh, and Bills. So, you know, maybe not just the Pats. Of course, he does, you know, have a real good history there. But just the AFC East in general, you know, he could yeah. provide some valuable intel. And yet you, you got to hope he isn't a double agent. Uh, for- yeah. Belichick is shifty, man. You never know. Yeah, I know. You You're right. Know. Yeah, yeah. We had the deflate gate and the, you know, the, the cheating scandal, looking at the other, you know, teams' practices. So who knows? Maybe he planted Matt Patricia and has him embedded in the I'm Eagles. just kidding, by the way. Eagles I know. Fans. I know. Don't We're just joking. I don't believe yeah. that for a second. We're just no, kidding. No. I think he'll. I think you're right, though. He could be an advantage against the Patriots, yeah. knowing what he knows. And uh, you know, and same with the AFC East in general. So uh, and maybe one day we'll get to talk to Matt Patricia, um, but don't hold your breath. Uh, all right. Well, listen, that'll do it for us right now. That's John McMullen. I'm Ed Kratz, and uh, we're your Philadelphia Eagles Insiders podcast with the Fan First Sports Network. Stay tuned uh, throughout the week, and uh, uh, we'll get you prepared even more for the season opener, Philadelphia Eagles at the New England Patriots. You've been listening to a recording of the Philadelphia Eagles Insider Podcast on the Fan First Sports Network. 